0: episode of the Clothes Making Mavens is brought to you by Needle Sharp. Take the guesswork out of sewing with Needle Sharp's curated monthly kits that contain everything you need to sew a gorgeous garment. Visit needle-sharp.com. This
1: is Clothes Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion. Welcome to the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. I'm Lori from FrivolousAtLast.com.
0: And I'm Helena from Grailday.com. Thanks for joining us for this super fun episode. Lori and I were inspired by the exciting opportunity we had to go to Pattern Review Weekend in June, where we got to talk and meet with 98 other sewists. But we know not everyone got to go to that conference, so we decided to ask other sewists about their experiences meeting up with other people in our sewing community. Yeah, we wanted to hear how these meetups could
1: transform our fairly solitary hobby into a warm community of like-minded people. Online friendships are amazingly supportive, of course, but there's nothing like meeting friends face-to-face.
0: Maybe we're biased, but we sure think sewing people are the best people.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, the greatest thing about being at PR Weekend was just knowing you were with your peeps, you know, that you could walk up to somebody – and grab the hem of their skirt to have a look, a close-up <laughs> look at it. And they wouldn't even bat an eye. It's just like, we got used to touching each other. Never mm-hmm. met you, but I'm going to touch your skirt. Do you mind?
0: <laughs> right. Well, I felt like I knew a lot of them because I had read the reviews on Pattern Review. And, and so it, it did feel like I knew them. Even if um, I didn't know their faces, I felt like we were all part of the same community for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You see, uh, some people from blogs. So, uh, Jillian of crafting a rainbow was there and she gave a presentation on how to take better pictures for your blogs and for posting reviews and so on, which was great. So, and it really did feel like I'd known her all along, you know, it was just like, Oh, yeah. oh there you are. Hi, big hug. You know, let's <laughs> hang out together
0: and just pick up where we left off online. Absolutely. She is a doll. We also met, um, Heather from Heather and the pugs. Uh, we met both ladies from the love to sew podcast. So it was like a, a podcast party up at our table. Yeah. Caroline and and Helen, that was great to
1: meet them. Same thing. It was just like, hi, big hugs. Never met you before, but this is great. Just feel
0: like, you know, them, right? I totally did. Yeah. It was really, really friendly. Everyone was, everyone was friendly. Um, And yeah, and we learned a lot. I loved the presentation. So we, Jillian, did that um, presentation. And then we also got to meet the ladies, both the mother and daughter from Jolly Patterns. And that was really fun. So you got to talk to them a little more in depth because you went up to their booth and, and tried some things on. Is that right? Yeah,
1: they were launching their new set of patterns. I think they had 14 new patterns to launch. And uh, they're a Quebec-based company, and it's a mother-daughter team, Jeanne and Emily. And Emily was my fabric twin. We were wearing the exact same, uh, well, different tops, but made from the same fabric. So that was kind of fun. And when I walked up to their booth, uh, Jeanne just looked me up and down. She said, you're a size R. Here, try this sample on. This is made in a size R. And uh, it's this top with sort of a frilled, um, it has no sleeves, but there's frills around the shoulders. And I'm really not a Ruffles kind of girl at all but I thought, okay, well, I'll just try this on. Why not? I mean, how often do you get to do that? Try on a garment before you sew it. It's kind of kind of a weird I thing. Know. And I put it's it on, special. and I felt like a million bucks in it, and I thought, that's great. You know, it's good when you are pushed into trying something you think is outside of your comfort zone or outside of your style zone, and I thought, this is great. So I bought that pattern, so
0: that's in my queue. I bought that one, too. It was very cute. It was cute on you, too. So, and you, uh, you won... The Judge's Choice <laughs>
1: Award. So at, at Pattern Review Weekend, one of the events was, uh, it was like sew a camp shirt. And I didn't know what a camp shirt was, but it turns out it's sort of like yeah. a Hawaiian style shirt with a collar that doesn't have a stand and sometimes cut on sleeves or whatever. But of course, Helena, you in your uh, competitive streak for sewing contests, <laughs> you took it to the nth degree. So tell us about what what you uh, what you won the camp shirt contest with.
0: Well, it was out there it was supposed to be a camp shirt. And then they did understand that some people would want to do a variation. So they said, or a camp shirt dress. I said, Oh, good. A sh- camp shirt dress. That sounds perfect. I go and look for a pattern and I find a Vogue pattern and there's two renderings on the front. It's not, um, not pictures, it's drawings. And one of them is clearly a jumpsuit. And one of them Looks like a dress. I thought it was a dress, but when I took the pieces out of the pattern, I realized, oh, that it was just the jumpsuit view. And I said, okay, I can do jumpsuits. I mean, that's pretty fun. That's pretty unique. So I went ahead and made this wide-legged uh jumpsuit out of this special, special fabric I'd been saving, a uh, bird print. I think it's a, a poly, because it didn't wrinkle at all, which was wonderful for the for the trip. But uh, I did have to add a belt to it because it was pretty voluminous, but it was a really fun to wear. It was sleeveless, and that worked out because it was pretty warm in mm-hmm. our venue. It's mm-hmm. warm in Canada the whole time I was there. Can you believe it? I Surprise! was very misled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a
1: hot spell there, didn't we? So, But you yeah. looked like a million bucks in your camp shirt slash jumpsuit uh, and got Judge's Choice, and then there was also a fun pajama party contest. So we were all wearing our pajamas, and the pajamas I sewed, I really... That I'd uh, massively overestimated the amount of waistband elastic I needed because, and because I, <laughs> I got out of bed. You and I are sharing a hotel room, and I get out of bed and I almost fell flat on my face because my my pants had fallen so far down my waist <laughs> that I tripped over the bottoms of them. So I'm like, ah, note to self: must adjust waistband. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that was fun. I couldn't wear my pajamas um, because they were they were too indecent. Not that they were like. <laughs> They were just very short. They're short uh, romper style pajamas and it was very short and I didn't want anything to, to hang out of that. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was kind of sad too because then they had to look at it lying flat to judge. And I didn't even mention to any of the judges, my tale of sewing. woe That at the very last step of making that uh, pajama romper, I was grading my seams trimming my seams down and I snipped a hole in right in the middle of the fabric and so that thing was darned up and I'm sure they were none of the judges mentioned that there was like a a darned up hole in it or anything but I didn't even think about it afterwards we were so busy talking and um that was a fun time when we all got up on stage to be judged. We all got to talk and mingle and meet some of the other people that we weren't sitting at the table with. So right. that was actually was more of my focus anyway. It was It was, it fun. was good,
1: yeah. And the nice – I know that uh, prior to going to PR weekend, I was a little bit worried. I'm like, well – First of all, I have to wear all me maids, which isn't a problem, but I thought, and they're going to be judged up close. Like these people know what they're doing. I can get away with it in my real life when nobody I really know sews and it's like, they won't notice that this seam is wavy, but I was so worried about that. But the nice thing is, of course, is that it's such a supportive community that it doesn't matter if you have a wavy seam or whatever. I mean, people are like, oh, you know, good for you. And sometimes people will give you tips on what you can change and you can have those discussions without feeling you know, inadequate for not being expert at a certain thing or whatever. So it's just, just everybody's there because we all love sewing. And immediately we have something to talk about and bond over. And we did things like sharing, uh, you know, we went fabric shopping, of course. And then course. people would stop you in the hotel lobby and go, wait, I see you with a bag of fabric. What have you got in there? Come and show us. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd have to get it out and, you know, and it ooze and ahs and touching and feeling and
0: yeah, it was uh, It was just being among your people, right? Yeah, it was. We all do this weird thing, sewing.
1: And how about you? Did you feel it was
0: worthwhile because you
1: flew all the way from California to Toronto and then to travel to Stratford, Ontario
0: to spend the weekend? Was it worth it for you? Oh my goodness! Of course it was, and I got to spend a couple of days with you, and I got to see a couple of different places in Canada, which was really nice. Toronto is an amazing city, um, and then I saw a couple of little towns outside, so Stratford and what was the other place we went? Oh, well, we went to Niagara Falls too. Yes, and we went to Niagara Falls, but what was the other town that we went to? Mm, to the fabric the shopping, lake? Hamilton. Oh, oh Hamilton, Hamilton. That's right.
1: Yes, yes. I forgot yes. about yes. Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton's yes. got a great uh,
0: fabric district there, which was fun. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was a great, it was a great use of my sewing budget money to go over there.
1: Awesome. Well, it was, it was great to have you here and, and it really was a super fun time.
0: Mm-hmm. So PR weekend is just one of the many social gatherings for sewists around the world. You might know that Mimi G hosted quite a few sewing conferences over the years. And Laurie, you got a chance to chat with Mimi about that. Yeah, it was great because Mimi G is, well, as you know,
1: she is a huge name in sewing. Uh, You probably know her blog, Mimi G Style, or you probably also know her patterns that she designs for simplicity. She also does YouTube videos. She has a sewing academy online. She's the publisher of the sewing magazine, So So Deaf. I mean, she does it all. It's amazing. So I wanted to know what she gets out of connecting with other sewers in real life. So here's my chat with Mimi G. I want to call you the sewing empress because you just have this incredible (laughs) sewing empire that stretches through many, many mediums and internationally. And I mean, really, like you are very impressive what you've done with uh, sewing and lifestyle and all of that.
2: Thank you. It's always nice to, you know, for me, it's like, you know, we have an, a studio in downtown and it's, you know, me and Norris and my assistant April and we sort of manage all these different things. So to me, it looks very small from what we're doing, but I'm glad that it looks to be, you know, great and big because it is, it's just just three
1: people managing it. So <laughs> you are it often doesn't feel
2: that big. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So I promised you that I wouldn't keep you for too long. I mean, I would love to talk to you for hours and hours. I'm sure there's so much to talk about, but um, I know that you've run some amazing conferences for sewers. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure that's been a ton of work. So why, why do it? What do you get out of those conferences? Um, you know, I didn't... I started the conference sort of
2: as an accident because I had no intention of creating sort of an, you know, offline uh, gathering. Um, And I didn't really um, understand how important it was until we started to do it. That first year was sort of, like I said, an accident. I posted I was going fabric shopping and then all of a sudden I had a ton of comments saying, you know, oh, I'd love to join you. Um, and then, you know, they said, well, I would fly in to go fabric shopping with you. And I thought, well, that's nuts, but okay. <laughs> um, and then, you, so I ended up pushing my fabric shopping trip by a month. And then next thing I knew, I had 35 women who had come from, you know, as far as Florida to LA, um, and all parts of LA, you know, LA and Texas and New York. And I was like, this is crazy. And at the end, we went fabric shopping, and thank God I had a, a girlfriend of mine who's a pattern maker who lived near the fabric stores, and she's like, hey, I'll do a quick class. And I was like, great. And then at the, at the end of the day, they were like, what are we doing next year? And I thought, nothing. What do you mean? <laughs> next year. <laughs> and that little gathering turned into 250 guests at you know, a hotel with multiple workshops and guest speakers, and you know, then it was 300. and. So um, that's really when I started to realize just how important it was for you to meet other people that sort of have the same obsession that you have. Because I don't think anybody who sews sort of like... You know, you have people who just sort of sew, and then you have people who sew, who are like obsessed, (laughs) you know? And that's our community, right? We're like the crazy obsessed
1: people. Mm -hmm. Um, We will fly across the country to go fabric shopping with someone, for sure.
2: Exactly, exactly. And so that's sort of when you realize that it's nice to have somebody who's just as obsessed about this hobby as you are and you be, you know you sort of become friends and that's what happened with the conference every year I started to notice that we had a lot of returning um you know guests who that kept coming back year after year and I started to notice that it's because it was like a family reunion, right? Mm-hmm. Every year they were coming to meet up with all of their friends from the previous year and they started sharing rooms and sharing cars and sharing flights and, and that's really what it became, just, you know, a way to gather and, and sort of catch up with everybody who you see online, but in person just makes it even more magical,
1: So you probably have some, uh, I'm assuming you probably have some great stories from these conferences, fun things that happened (laughs) or weird coincidences. You want to share any stories like that with us?
2: You know, I think most of the stories are all sort of like behind the scenes, total meltdowns that I'm about to have because things (laughs) didn't, you know, happen the way they're supposed to. And it's funny because last year I announced that it was my last annual conference. I did six Um, and they are extremely time-consuming, and it takes so many moving parts to pull it off, you know, and at the very last one, yeah, then we added a fashion show, which just added to, you know, to the work, Um, but I wanted to give them sort of a chance to, you know, show off what they've been learning and walk it down the runway so that night i would open it up to anybody so they could invite friends they could invite family and we had you know um, a rise and we had you know chairs and lights and everything and they got to run down the walk down the runway and i think one of my greatest moments one of the years that the first year that we did the runway was Everybody sort of had to do something made from one of my patterns. And you could modify it to death, but it had to originally come from either a tutorial or a Mimi G pattern. And we had been going along. And then all of a sudden, this girl walks in in a swimsuit. And just the room erupted with a cheer for her. And her confidence was just out of this world. And I started to notice that as she walked closer to me... That the the yells got louder, and then I realized when she turned away from me to walk away that she had a g-string on. <laughs> and everybody was just like, it was insane, it was complete insanity. And I thought, now that's the amount of confidence that I want to instill in people. And so that was really amazing. But you know, anybody who's put one of those conferences on or event, it's just so much work. Nothing ever you know works. You know, we were delayed an hour and a half starting cuz you know, audiovisual wasn't working and you know, things don't show up and sponsors don't send things on time or the you know, it's always very very stressful time for me. And last year I thought, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like we've had a, I wanted it to be like Seinfeld. You know, I wanted to like end at the top. <laughs> <laughs> so so I sort of did that, but now, you know, I'm getting so many emails and messages like please please let's do this conference again. And that's exactly why, because funny that you should ask about that. I got a DM message, um, a picture I was tagged in on Instagram from two girls who met during one of my conferences. One of them was visiting Florida where the other uh, is living and they met up and had lunch and went you know, shopping together. And the message to me was, we really miss the conference because we don't get to see each other like this anymore. And so I thought, okay, well maybe maybe I will figure something out for, for the next okay, year. Okay, so there's maybe. hope.
1: All right, so anyone listening,
2: send <laughs> Mimi a DM and pester her. <laughs> so there. But you know, we had a lot of amazing people come. You know, Kenneth King came. We have Simplicity people who come all the time, and you know, we have had a lot of really amazing teachers come through. So, but if I do it again, it'll be completely different. It'll be more of a
1: a retreat. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> more nice. of a gathering. Yeah, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> hey, Mimi, what's on your uh, sewing and cutting table right now? I mean, I know that you're probably you've got so many projects professionally going on, and so much. Do you yeah. still have time to sew for yourself? What are you sewing?
2: You know, I every time I'm sewing for myself, it feels like I'm sewing for the blog because it always it will end up on the blog at some point but I still very much keep sewing as a hobby for myself I still enjoy it it's still fun to me um on my cutting table right now is work related because I'm doing a uh, sew along for my latest simplicity pattern that just released so they just started Mm -hmm. shipping to stores so I'm filming the sew along videos for those because I do them for all of my patterns so that's what's actually on the cutting table can you describe the new pattern for us yeah actually I have them you want to grab them for me the, um, one of the dresses is, um, sort of a uh, Gucci inspired. I used a lot of different textiles, so I mixed lace and brocades and velvets. And so that was fun because it's, you know, I work so far ahead, so I'm already, um, designing for spring 2019. So the ones that just released are pre-fall, right? They're early fall for this mm-hmm. year. And so, um, I wanted to do something that was just sort of easy and fun. So this is the dress pattern that just released. And you know, the sleeves are interchangeable. You could do both, you know, whichever one you want. You can change the hem to be pleated or a flounce. You can do the sleeve with the bell sleeve, or actually do a little cuff with three little buttons. Um, And then it has the necktie. And the really fun part about it is that you can use really any fabric you want to. You can make it fancy. You can make it casual. You can make it, you know, out of anything. So, and then the other one is my tracksuit. In your
1: stash, then, in that case. Very versatile. Yeah,
2: you know what else? I, I'm huge at pattern hacking. I love pattern hacking. I hack even my own patterns for simplicity. So when I design, I design with the idea that eventually I'm going to hack the hell out of it. And so this is really one of those patterns you can hack because the bot- the silhouette of the dress is pretty basic. So you can sort of add to it as much as you want to. And then the other pattern, because I re- usually release two or three during every season, is my tracksuit which I made for myself and interviewed Gwen Stefani in it um, and people went nuts over that track suit it has sort of a little um, vintage 80s flair going on so that's this one here with oh. all the color blocking and I am so such that's a the sucker next for one color that's blocking out. amazing I love color blocking <laughs> Yeah so those are the two that are on my cutting table and I'll be filming over the next couple of days to get them out hopefully before they get into stores
1: Ooh sounds like so much fun um, so I'm gonna let you get back to that very shortly, but I do have one question that I have been sure. dying to ask you ever since I started following your blog and and your empire. <laughs> and that is you rock high heels like nobody I have ever seen before in my life. and I want to know, do you actually get around day to day on a normal basis in high heels like that?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Listen, I tell people all the time, don't let the blog and Instagram fool you. If you run into me on the, in the street, I will guarantee you that I will have on a t-shirt, jeans, and probably my Birkenstocks on. Like, I am totally such a basic sort of easy wearing kind of girl on my day to day. I have to be comfortable. Um, and the only time really that I wear heels is if I'm photographing or I'm going out on, you know, to an event or a date or something, you know, we're going somewhere fancy for whatever reason. But outside of that, I am a sneakers and flats kind of girl. <laughs> I
1: am relieved to know that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, like, I could
2: never walk in those. I'm like, I can't walk in them either for more
1: than 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to carry me if I'm going to wear heels like that. That's for sure. <laughs> well, listen, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I really would love Thank to you. invite you back for a much longer conversation about many many other things sometime. Would you be sure, game for that? I'd love to do it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time today, Mimi. Thank you, Lori. My pleasure.
0: That was great to hear from Mimi, and it would be great to hear her back on the podcast sometime.
1: Yeah, we should get her back. There's so much to talk about with Mimi, but that was really cool. Since we made some lovely new friends at Pattern Weekend, we
0: decided to grab the opportunity to ask them to contribute to the show Wait, but first, Lori, we need to talk about our sponsor, Needle Sharp, and the awesome kit you got in the mail recently. I want to hear all about it. Oh, right. Yes. I. Uh, so yeah, Needle Sharp is our sponsor for this episode,
1: and I'm really excited about it because I love the concept for their kits.
0: You've seen their kits online, right, Helena? I got to see one in person when I was at Pattern Review Weekend because Mary was there, and she brought them so people could touch and feel, you know, that's the most important part with the fabric is touching and feeling. And she had this beautiful, um, soft ponty that, um, I think, you know, this was a couple, a couple boxes ago, but I love the quality when I did get to touch it. It was, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful box. The kits come in. So yes. basically what they do is, or what Mary does each month, uh, needle sharp posts, a new set of kits to choose from. So you have a choice of three price points with Three different independent patterns, and they're all based around a monthly theme. So, for example, the July kit that I just got in the mail was for shorts, um, and I had a choice of three boxes. So I chose the lightweight box, and that one contained a printed pattern for the Megan Nielsen Flint
0: shorts. Have you seen those? Yeah, doesn't it have like a... um... Does it have a fold over or some kind of a super cute a little tie at the side? That uh, okay. yeah, it's a really
1: interesting construction. So there's no zipper in it. It's sort of like you uh, unbutton or untie at the pocket, and the pocket becomes sort of the opening to to get into them. A really cute, cool. really cute pattern. So it had the the shorts pattern. It had gorgeous linen fabric plus matching buttons matching thread, interfacing, and even the appropriate needle for the fabric. So it was everything. All you needed to have was a sewing machine. That's amazing. But you could also choose a medium weight box. So this is kind of like leveling up. Uh, The medium weight box had the True Bias Lander shorts pattern and also some great fabrics to choose from. Or the heavyweight box contained two patterns from Deer & Doe. So one was for a top and one was for shorts. So that's like third level, sort of most expensive option for the month.
0: Yeah. So when I looked at their site for the August kits, they're for dresses and they've got the named Kalo wrap dress, which I've made and loved. And yeah. And the closet case, Charlie captain dress, which is also on my list. And then you get, to, you get to pick the, the fabrics, three different Different fabrics to choose from.
1: Right. I love the idea too that you can subscribe to get it as a monthly kit. So it's kind of like pre ordering yourself an amazing gift that just shows up in your mailbox (laughs) and you're like, oh my, what's this? Oh, I don't remember ordering this. What a lovely surprise. (laughs) I know. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And they're also really good for beginners. So in the needle sharp kits, you get the fabric and the fabric is going to definitely be the right fabric for the pattern because Mary hand picks. The fabric, so you know it's going to work out. Uh, and the kit contains absolutely everything you need. You just have to have your sewing machine and go. That's
0: cool. So be sure and check out Needlesharp at sharp.com So let's hear now from the friends we made at PR Weekend and what they think about connecting in person with other sewists.
3: I'm Diane Wilson. I live in Stockbridge, Michigan, which is a small rural town between Ann Arbor and Lansing. I am so frantic on Instagram and Twitter. On Pattern Review, I'm Diane L. Wilson. Well, I started going to Pattern Review Weekend two years ago when we met in Chicago, which is close to where I live. We met all these people. Now, a lot of people knew each other before, but it's not really cliquish. You know, everybody was excited to meet new people and we were excited to meet them because, you know, these are like sewing people, clothing sewing people in the flesh. It was great. It just was so cool because you could really just start talking about sewing or fabric or patterns and you didn't have to backtrack and explain to someone whose eyeballs are rolling back in their head because they don't know anything about sewing. So I went to Chicago and had such a great time. And then I decided I could never miss a pattern review weekend again. So the next year, which was last year, it was in New York City. Well, I had never been to New York City. So that was really exciting. And then we're there to shop for fabric, which my friends, you know, my local friends, they don't want to go shopping for fabric. So it's like all of my, you know... 99 of my bestest friends now, we all went shopping for fabric and discovering stores. We had really great guides and I met some more new people and got to reconnect with the people I had met in Chicago. And then, of course, um, last weekend was in, I'm sorry, in Stratford, Ontario, in Canada, and that's not that far from where I live either, so that was fun. And there was there were a lot more Canadians at this one, and it was so great to meet them and see their fabric shopping, and again, to reconnect with the friends that I've met in the past and lots of new ones. What's a little funny about my experience in Chicago and New York is I met... Um, El Nora and Anne, and they both live in Michigan. I had to go all the way to Chicago to meet people that aren 't too far from me, but now we 're connected, and it 's really great because I do see them you know a little more often because they 're close by it 's changed my sewing because i 've learned about new things now, not only at the pattern review weekends do I get to see some of the things that my friends have sewn, but on pattern review itself. The whole idea is to talk about patterns that you've made. So it's really changed how I buy my patterns. Um, I'm a lot more interested in independent pattern companies just because they offer something a little bit different. Like cashmere is a pattern line that I can wear with very minimal adjustments. And like closet case patterns, I just love her style. And you know it's comfortable, it's relaxed, but you still like you got look like you got dressed in the morning, and so getting to see that, and then of course um, there's other people who just you know have so much wow factor in what they sew, and um, it makes me want to challenge myself a little bit more. It was so great when we when I started talking to people in Chicago, and I realized that I'm not just this weird girl that sews because, you know, people talk about where they buy their clothes. And, you know, I would, I'll name the fabric store where I buy my fabric, or I might say that I made it, but it really makes you feel good to know that there's other people that are thinking like you do. So, you know, that they see fabric or they see a dress and they're like, I could make that dress. And then shopping with, the friends that sew, you know, you get inspired and bolts get passed around in line. And, and um, we have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of us going to be twinsies with the same fabric. It'll be fun to see what each of us makes, but it just is cool to know that there's other people out there like me. Pattern Review Weekend just energizes me for the next year to sew, I come off the weekend with lots of ideas, things I want to try, things that other people have talked about that they do and because now they're my friends, I can, you know, shoot them a message and say, "Hey, what was that that thing you were referring to?" and, you know, and then we can have a conversation online. And then of course, in the time leading up, and I try to start ahead, but It always seems like I'm sewing at the last minute, but, you know, you have to plan your pattern review weekend wardrobe, and I don't want to wear anything I wore last year. I need to have something new. I need to, you know, wow my friends. (laughs) So, um, it just, it just gets me sewing more. It makes me want to do the best sewing because I know that people who have the eye for it will look at it and I can tell if someone's looking at my hem and it's like, oh boy, she didn't do a very good job on that hem. Yeah, because I was in a hurry, but, um, it's just, it really just, um, ups my game.
4: Hi, my name is Robin. I live in Kitchener, Ontario, and my Instagram handle is MeMadeRobin. I've been sewing since September. Um, I used to sew when I was younger, but I've really been sewing more actively since September. So I have a small handful of local friends, but we tend to be kind of solitary sewers, and if we run into each other, we'll chat about sewing. Um, and there's a local shop here too, uh, the Spool and Spindle, and they offer classes and open sews. So I've been to a few of those, and those have been really fun, but the PR weekend is the first like dedicated, big sewing activity I've been to. It was just a giant room full of super happy, generous, excited people. Um, And I found that uh, the enthusiasm for sewing just really kind of infectious. So it was fun to just be able to blab about sewing as much as we wanted without worrying the other person was going to get bored because I knew that they wouldn't because they're just like me. (laughs) And it was fun, too, because everyone came from all over the place. So it was great to meet other people from, I mean, all over North America and then, you know, a handful from Europe as well. And it was just such an encouraging experience to see people at all different levels of um, skill level and experience level, but everyone just kind of on the same page and really excited about sewing. I would say the the things that I took away from it one was confidence in my own sewing. So uh, I had I had a dress that I made that was uh, it was a muslin of a pattern mashup, and it fit better than ready to wear on the first go but I still had some fit issues I wanted to resolve so I wore it on the second day hoping I could sort of get everyone to help me figure out what to do with it and the the vast majority of the comments I got back was it looks amazing it looks great wear it like that so rather than being sort of self-conscious about it which I was the first time I wore it before I went to PR weekend now I feel amazing in it I, I felt like the compliments from sewing people counted for more than just you know going and asking my husband or a friend and they'll say oh yeah it looks great but I'm like yeah but you don't see all these little things that I did wrong and all these fit issues that I can see so I I, I didn't expect to come away feeling better about that dress I expected to come away with all kinds of suggestions for improvement but instead I'm like you know what that dress is fine so that that's like a night and day difference between how I felt in that dress before I went and how I feel in that dress now so I wore that to a party this weekend and felt amazing part of it too is inspiration so Seeing the really cool ideas that other people have implemented, like Connie on the third day had that pink coat on. It was um, I don't know what pattern it was, but it was kind of like a trench coat style, and it had this. It was pink and it had these beautiful fl- floral um, print on it, large scale florals, and then she she cut out an applique, the other half of the print along where the button placket was, and so it looked just. Fantastic! It, it gave it such a an additional oomph to it, um, and so I have that in mind. Like I'm squirreling that away in my mind for if I ever have that situation. That that just looked amazing, and then Jillian wore a skirt that was a it was a scuba with some um, cutout in it, and so it was like it was an overlay skirt over a really busy pattern underneath, and that looked amazing too. So I've been on the hunt for fabrics that'll work well for either of those two things. So I've been a part of the sewing community more or less since the fall, and. I've made some connections online, just through chatting in different Facebook groups and things, but nothing that really felt, felt kind of, I don't know what the right word is. It feels more hesitant, I guess, kind of, because I haven't met any of these people in person. So going to PR weekend felt like I met all these people. I mean, everyone was amazing. I met a handful of people that I really felt like I could connect with, too. And so I feel like I've made lifelong friends. And it's great to know that we got to meet each other, hang out for a few days, and then we'll see each other online. We'll be able to do stuff like this, you know? So that feels like a really much more immediate and quick connection than trying to, for me anyway, slowly build up relationships online.
5: Hello, my name is Karin and I live in the south of Sweden uh, in Malmö and I've been sewing for like 50 years or something and I sew clothes for myself mostly. I've used to be a quilt or two, but that's been on hold for like 10 years or something. I have a very neglected blog called Spending My Time. And I changed names on it uh, a year ago or something. because it, Before that, it was called Karen Chamber. Because when I started the blog, there, was, there were not so many bloggers in Sweden. So I wanted an English-speaking blog. And uh, I called it Karen Shame because I was basically sitting in my room and sewing. But now i because I started to travel more, I started to interact with other people around the globe. So I renamed it to Spending My Time with a little subtitle, Traveling the World, Searching for Fibers. Sometimes I use them, but mostly I stash them. That's unfortunately true also. <laughs> This part review weekend that was in Stratford was my fourth. And uh, the first one was in New York. And it just happened that I was in New York that weekend. I was going home in the evening, so I just went along with the stores. And And then some years later, uh, I saw they were going to be in San Francisco. And I always wanted to go to San Francisco, so I thought, why not? So I went there for a week and spent like four days we a review weekend and then went home and I was so nervous when I went there so when everybody before this trip was say they were nervous about coming my first time so I totally understood how they felt but once you're there and you start to talk to somebody everybody's very passionate about sewing so I mean if you mention buttonhole you can discuss that for an hour and when you turn around and talk about facings. And so it's it's really easy to, to connect with people because you are passionate about the same thing. And then I went to Austin. And that was a very nice city that I would never visit if it wasn't for Pattern Review Weekend. So that's also a part of it, that you actually go to places that you never would have gone to before so it's it's always nice to to go to them and you feel, you always feel welcome and I think everybody that was for the first time felt that too in in Sweden we have a lot of people who started to sew with knits, so there are a lot of groups that sew so mainly knits and uh, but there are also other groups that sew for kids and grown ups and et cetera, different kind of them. And I'm a part of a group called Sewing with a Plan. That's my favorite group. We are like, I think we maybe are 150 members now, and you have to make a plan four times a year for what you're gonna sew for like summer, winter, fall and spring. And then you have to tell them what you did about it and take some conclusion of how it went. And that's my favorite group. And we also started to meet. And this is something that has been very popular here in Sweden. It's uh, that you, you get, you get a big place where you can sew. Usually we are around 20 people. So we bring our sewing machines, we bring our fabrics. And then we start like maybe on Friday at free. And then we sew all the way to Sunday at free. If it's in that city, you can go home and sleep, and it can also be out somewhere. You have a hotel, so you go to sleep for a couple of hours in the night. So, so it's it's really fun, and you get to get to meet a lot of new people there too, and uh, learn a lot. And people are very willing to share their machines and their patterns and their knowledge. That's that's really a fun way to sew, and you get so inspired when you. So, with other people. But I, I've been interacting with other people when I go on vacations because usually, before I go, I Google fabric shopping in wherever I'm going. And then, if I'm lucky, I get on the blog, I can meet somebody who lives there and go fabric shopping with them or just find a nice guide over
1: where I should go. Well, it's really nice to hear the perspectives of, of some of the friends we made at PR Weekend, and it's great to have them on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So one of the
1: fun things that we did while you were visiting Toronto, Helena, was we went to that talk by Iris Van Herpen. Do you
0: remember? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It yeah. was mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, really. So, uh, if you haven't heard of Dutch designer Iris van Herpen, you just have to go look her up. In fact, make sure you go and go on YouTube and look her up so that you can see her incredible designs in motion. Yeah. If you haven't heard of her, she's probably best known for being one of the first couture designers to produce clothing using three D printing. But that's only one of the things she uses for for the clothing. Like she uses all kinds of interesting materials. Uh, one of the dresses we saw was made from the ribs of an umbrella, like hundreds and hundreds of them, and others were made from wood and leather, and others were made from plastic and molded
0: materials. I mean, they were kind of more like sculptures, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely sculptures. But I also liked how she mentioned, or maybe the curator mentioned, that she. She utilized the talents of some artisans that have these really intricate amazing skills and she used them in these amazing ways in her designs that were kind of unique and really made you look at things like leather lacing in a totally different way um, and making lace was one of the things that that she utilized and When you see your designs, they don't, they don't, they're not doilies, okay? They're right.
1: (laughs) They are definitely not your grandma's doilies.
0: That is, that is it. So, um, gosh, you definitely need to check out her designs on the YouTubes because that was the key. When you see them move and then you can see them close up like we did, then it all kind of comes alive, especially a sewist, because we want to know how everything's put together and, and how she got that effect. And sometimes it's so surprising, like, you're like, whoa, what did she use? And and then sometimes you're like, oh, I could see how that would be the perfect material. She really thinks outside the box. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And and she
1: gave a talk that we went to, and, and she talked about the fact that she was a dancer. And that's so apparent in her designs because they really move and flow in ways that are unexpected. So if you just see a photograph of some of the designs, you might think it looks sharp. So it's it's these really crazy designs, things that, you, you know, you can't wear them in real life, of course, but they're no. beautiful, sculptural. Uh, and some of them looked kind of pointy and sharp, almost glass-like. Uh, but then, when you see them uh, in motion, they're flowing, kind of. So there's a movement. They're kind of rubbery, and so it's surprising in that in that way. So you can see her the the influence of dance that she brings to to the clothing she makes as well. So it was it was a huge treat to be able to go to it was at the Royal Ontario Museum in Toronto. So if you're in the area, definitely go and check out that exhibit. But um, I almost didn't realize that she was giving a talk if it hadn't been for Hillary from the Toronto Socialists. So Hillary posted in our Facebook group, just saying, "Hey, there's this talk by Iris van Herpen at the ROM. Does anybody want to go and check it out?" Uh, and that was like the the day you arrived here in Toronto. So I'm like, "Yeah, Helena and I are in." So, so that was anywhere. great. Yeah, it was really a treat not only to see the exhibition but also to hang out with Hills. Uh, so right. we went for, uh, you know, we talked, we were so excited about the exhibit. And then we went for a drink and talked more about it and talked about sewing, sewing and yeah. fawned over so each other's fun. clothes that we'd
0: made. <laughs>
1: yeah. So she yeah. was
0: wearing a kilo. It was so cute. She was. Yeah. It was she gorgeous. Just, it was just black and very understated. But that's the thing about the kilo is because it, it can pull off so many different. I don't know, like it looks different in so many different fabrics and she had made a black one and it was maxi and she looks so chic mm-hmm. with her, oh, with her short hair. Totally. Classic. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember seeing a version
1: of the kilo by Marcy from Una Baluna, and it was like, Crazy jungle print and looks equally stunning. So you're right, it's a really versatile pattern. Um, But yeah, so Hillary, or Hills as we call her, is the driving force behind the Toronto Socialists. So she's done a lot of organizing of get togethers. So she invites people over to the party room in her condo building and we all bring our sewing machines and we hang out and we sew together. And she's also done things like said, hey, why don't we all go to the Dior exhibit at the Royal Ontario Museum and then we'll go for afternoon tea and we'll all where are the fanciest things we've sewn? Uh, so there's a lot of fun things that the Toronto Socialists do. So I thought I'd ask Hills about why she puts the effort into the Toronto Socialist group and what she gets out of those interactions.
6: Hi, I'm Hills. Um, I am originally from New Zealand, but now living in Toronto. You can find me at HillsyB on Instagram or at Tinkering and Tailoring as my website that I very sporadically post blog stuff to. The Toronto Tourist is a Facebook group and I actually don't even remember how I discovered it. Um, I was kind of deliberate when I first moved to Toronto about actively finding people and trying to like, you know, because you move and you want to find friends. And there was an event that happened, like I I just kind of lurked on the sidelines for a while and there was an event where um, it was actually Jenny from Workroom Social came to Toronto and she hooked up with Christian from Victory Patterns and they had like a make-a-day. And it was like the first time I'd ever gone to anything social, like met with strangers that I had only conversed with on the internet before. When you describe it to other people, they're like, really? That's a thing you do? And I'm like, of course I do. They're sewing people. They've got to be great. And that was so awesome. It was amazing. I, like, I, I'd I, been doing a lot of online like Instagram stuff at that point and but being able to meet with people in real life and actually just in, gel over this thing that you had in common I'm really lucky because in my building, we have a party room that I can use for absolutely no cost. So, a lot of like the normal logistics are pretty straightforward. So, I tried doing a maker day where we just everyone BYO'd their own stuff and turned up and made things. And um, that was also fantastic. That's probably one of the most like fun days of conversation and hanging out I've had in ages. Sewing can be a pretty isolating hobby because it requires so much equipment sometimes that a lot of it, like you naturally do it by yourself at home. Um, and there is, seems to still be a bit of a reaction when you tell people that you sew. And in fact, like, I think, feel like this is something we often talk about. So it's a lot where you either get the sort of puzzlement of, Oh wow. Like really what, like, what does that actually involve? Or you get the judgment of like, well, oh, that, you know, quaint little woman's hobby that you do. Um, and so it's, so incredible to have people react where you just are enthusiastic and just like I feel like there's like a kind of just unabashed enthusiasm that everyone has for this hobby or at least the people that I've met that it's so fantastic to share that in real life and to kind of get that energy of people that potentially you wouldn't have anything like you maybe would never cross paths if it wasn't for this hobby that we all share. I think people spend a lot of time kind of filtering carefully their, how they feel about something. And there's just something about the kind of gushy, unabashed joy. And it's almost, maybe it's because of the fact that a lot of the time when we talk about this hobby, we're used to getting strange responses. So there's just like pure joy with no shame. Like we just nerd out about something as ridiculous. We touch each other's clothes. (laughs) There's like, there's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it feels quite like a really kind of freeing um, way to just sort of enjoy something that I don't really feel like, even with like other kind of things like sports and stuff I play, I never really feel quite the same level of just kind of freedom that I feel like you, when you hang out with folks.
1: That is so true. You can just be yourself around other sewists. Thanks Hills.
0: You can find Hills on Instagram at hillsyb. So before we wrap this episode up, let's hear from Barbara Modi. As you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, Barbara has a lot of experience as a sewing teacher, and she's written a book about sewing, and she's been sewing since forever, so you could be sure she places a lot of importance on connecting with other sewers. Here's what Barbara
7: has to say. Hi. I have to say that the topic of this week's discussion, which is sewing communities and meeting other sewers, is really perfect for me this week. Last night, I was at a meeting of the Atlantic Sewing Guild, a group I belong to in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And it was, man, we had such a good night. But I I did a little talking. And when I looked out at the group, I saw so much diversity, every continent, every age, every. Gender range was well represented in that group, and we absolutely all nodded our head in agreement about everything we had so much in common because we were all there because we were sewers so it 's uh, it's really important to get out to to meet other sewers because sewing is can be such a solitary activity. And it's there's something about being with your own people that just makes you relax. My grandmother has, what is it, referred to, I've been thinking about them so much these days, had this group, the so-and-so, she belonged to for 65 years. And I've been going through their minutes of their meetings, and I realize a couple of things about the so-and-sos. One is they were hiding out. Uh, There's often reference in their minutes to Bert is outside in the car waiting or somebody standing out on the sidewalk waiting to walk somebody home. And they were evading all the responsibilities as uh, responsible women in starting the 1920s. But the minutes are hysterical because the other thing I realize about them is they never finished anything. They're always starting something. They're always starting at a trousseau or a tablecloth. They went through every fad. They had a hat making a millinery fad. They had a glove making fad. They were whatever was new in sewing. They the so and so's tried it. They didn't finish anything because they talked the whole time. They looked at each other's things. They. Uh, fitted, they went in the kitchen and had snacks, and also because of the generation, they sang a lot. They often broke up early uh, from what was their kind of attempts at working in a group to, uh, to stand on a piano and sing. And they always promised by the next meeting that they would have a lot accomplished. And I do belong to another little sewing group here, which is for people who are, the pledge of that group is you sew for yourself, not for other people. It's selfish sewing, and we end every meeting with what we will have for the next uh, session. Not only do we at the next session never remember what we promised, but we usually haven't done it, but we have gone on and done something else. So that whole interaction of, of sewing, I mean, let's face it, not everybody in the world is as interested in this as we are. And it also reminded me in my 20s, I moved to Australia. I lived there for five years. And when I first arrived, I was really uh, disoriented. It took me a while to sort myself out. And in that period, a really good friend flew all the way to Australia to visit with me. And when she arrived, we went out for lunch. And our lunch lasted the entire day. And I came home, and my husband said, What did you talk about? And I said it was the most fantastic lunch and conversation. We talked about interfacing. And we did. We talked about interfacing for the whole long extended lunch. And I suddenly felt like myself again. And then after that, I took classes at a place called Knitwit. Anybody listening to this from Australia will remember the Knitwit stores, which uh, actually I learned a lot about sewing knits. And they, they were little franchises that were often run by real personalities who would show you how to take these basic knit patterns and make all sorts of uh, different combination and dresses. I remember once one of the ladies was making a knit dress to wear to the Melbourne Cup. And that was when I started to feel that I had a place. So I think that It's really important to understand that the community of sewing is very much part of our heritage as sewers and something that's really important to perpetuate if you are tempted to sew in isolation it's great to get out it's lovely to stand and have other women say don't look at this buttonhole or i you know everybody else sewers are apologetic and they say well i didn't do this right and this turned out better and this is the pattern." you always leave these meetings with long lists of patterns and projects but you the humanness of human beings is very exhibited when they talk about their creativity And I think that's just really important. The other thing that happens to me, because I blog a lot, is when I travel, I always say where I'm going. I often get emails from women who will say, you know, I live in Baton Rouge, and uh, are you going to be coming through here Tuesday? And, you know, can we meet up? And I do this all along my travels, and sometimes it's lunch. I have, on more than one occasion, met somebody in a parking lot where they've opened their car, the back seat, and said, look, can you tell me what's wrong with this zipper? And we talked about the zipper. People, We do show and tell in parking lots, and it's fantastic. And I, it's given me great confidence when I travel that... I know that if anything ever happens, I can always find some sewer who will bail me out or will go shopping with me. I've just come back from Portland. I was at Quilt Mart, which is a giant meetup of people who like fabric. And uh, one of my blog readers met me, and the whole day after I'd finished at the show, took me around to all the Portland fabric stores, and we just had such a good time, and I I would not. How would I have ever met this person? Otherwise, I've sat in bus stops. You know the big what is it? The bus terminal in New York City with a really good friend of mine, Caroline from a, a Diary of a Sewing Fanatic, and we have discussed every possible aspect of life. Uh, because that was a good meeting place halfway between her work and the garment district. And we would never have met if we didn't have this platform of sewing, which is our common interest from which we can explore so many other aspects of life. And I do think that technology is really uh, propelling face-to-face meetups as well. I, You know, in the past we had... People like the iconic Nancy Seaman, who I still miss every day, who met up with us in our living rooms when you know my generation of of sowers our our kids were small, and you would just you'd give them any amount of like junk food to go sit in the corner and be quiet so Mummy could watch Nancy. And my kids grew up, when they were small, thinking Nancy was like the boss of the world because anything could happen. You could strangle your brother, and your mother would say, just wait a minute till Nancy's over, and and I'll help you breathe again. So she was part of it, but the Internet has allowed our net to be uh, cast so much wider. And I feel that I now am at home everywhere. I had a... Somebody left a comment on something I wrote last night or and said, you know, I want to you to adopt me and she's my age, it's not going to work. But what she meant is something that I wrote about sewing resonated with her in Australia. And increasingly, you get to know people through social media and when you meet them in person, it's absolutely thrilling. So if you have never done it, I really encourage you to do things like the PR weekend or join your local sewing guild because it's so nice to look at someone else and recognize uh, a fellow traveler and a fellow sewer. So I'll probably, uh, there's a good chance i meet some of you one day. Just let me know where you are and you never know when I'll be driving by. Thanks, Barbara, for chiming in. It's so great to hear from you.
0: We really hope hearing about the fun and value of in-person meetups has inspired you to reach out to a sewing friend. Until next time, keep sewing. Great to talk to you, Helena. Happy sewing. You too. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment or even a voicemail on clothesmakingnavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon and thanks for listening.